This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, bonus time with my man, David Dennis Jr. Welcome. Now, you, you got some news for me, some stuff to talk about, but you also said you had something you ain't want to tell me. You're going to spring it on me. So I don't know when you're going to spring it on me, but I'm looking forward to it. That was that sounded way more dramatic <sighs> than I meant it to be. But yeah, no, I feel you. No, I, I'm going to start with uh, probably something that sounds like a bad idea for a podcast, which is something that neither of okay. us care about. Uh, which is, but I want to talk. But I want to talk about something neither of us care I love about. It. Which is Lizzo and the. Oh yeah, my my daughter, my eleven year old, went to that concert, um, in D.C. And the flute is she played a really old flute that belonged to a founding father, right? Who was it? Whose flute was it? Uh, James Madison's flute. Oh, okay, but like told me that like. Questlove played George Washington's drums, <laughs> or like Alicia Keys played Ulysses S. S. Grant's guitar, uh, piano. I'd be like, cool, yeah. whatever. Like, I would not, I don't, I don't care at all. But um, white folks are mad. <laughs> I can't, I don't believe that. So I, I, I believe that the, I believe that the um the mermaid thing and this thing is all a Russian bot farm hoax. It's no way that there are enough people to actually care about what color the mermaid is or what race the mermaid is or that care that Lizzo spit in an old flute. I just want to I just want to know. I just want to make sure the flute was clean. That was all I cared about. It was like, how thoroughly did they clean the flute? That was like my number one concern. But like people are like Matt Walsh, some guy who I don't know, he I don't know, he's white, but he was like, uh, you know, this is like appeasing the woke left. And I was like, I'm, like, I'm not appeased. I don't give a <laughs> shit about the Lizzo and the flute. Like zero black I, people care and everybody's upset about it. It is hilarious. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the clean part. I do not want like the bubonic plague i don't know what was, what was popping back then scurvy i don't know what was killing people i don't, I, I don't want lizzo to bring that back all because she wanted to play an old flute and i also believe that no one cares about this i think that the people who say that they care about this are people that are like like outraged trolls who are looking to get us upset or get some other group riled up because it'll get them attention because i all right we care about a lot of stupid things as people, I was going to say in this country, but generally in the world, there are a lot of stupid things that get our attention that are very stupid. Like, I mean, we work at ESPN. Sports in general are not like super consequential, but boy, do we care. But I refuse to believe that something that we didn't even know existed a week ago, now people are actually up in arms about it. I think they're trying to create something just to have something to talk about. And we don't have to talk about it anymore because I, the only flute I care about is the one that's keeping Andre 3000 from giving us new bars because he'd be walking around fluting in the streets and not making new albums, which is disappointing to me. Yeah, give Lizzo that flute <laughs> so Andre 3000 could make, could make some music. Like, I only, I would only care if Andre 3000 played the Green Power Rangers flute. <laughs> like, if, if she did that, I would be outraged if she desecrated Tommy's flute. But, you know, I don't care. Whatever. It's It's just hilarious to me that if they if like one of these folks came up to me and was like, ah, I don't want Lizzo to play the flute, I'd be like, OK, like, fine. It's OK. I don't I don't care. I didn't even know that it happened. Till she, I don't even think Lizzo cares about the flute. I don't think so either. But it got her some some uh, some pub, which I guess is a good thing. You got anything else or is it time for my surprise? My surprise is not that exciting. OK, yeah, you could do your surprise. My surprise is I started reading your book. 
And it, do we plan on finishing it? Is it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're definitely planning on finishing when we have some time. I read the first okay. two chapters, and it made me think about trade offs. Honestly, it's something that is always in the back of my mind because I think generally we um we like to have absolutes. Like we like to say, this is the right decision. This is the wrong decision. It's the right thing to do. Wrong thing to do. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. And uh, it's hard for me, but I like try to remind myself always that when we make decisions, we're making trade-offs and like, particularly as like a breadwinner in my family, it's like, it, it reminded me and on a much less consequential scale, it reminded me of the decisions that, it seemed like your father had to make because your father was very much involved in the civil rights movement. Uh, and at least in the early chapters in the book, you kind of delve into how there was a cost to that. Like while you're very proud mm -hmm. and impressed with him, he was not there in the way that some fathers should have been. And I think about that often with me is like, I have ambition, like, not ambition to change the world and make it a more equitable place ambition to just win and dominate and do better and better at stuff. So I'm not nearly as benevolent as your dad, but like that trade-off is a tough one to make. And it's probably, at least for me in reading the book, like it's much more easy or it's much easier to justify it for him because he's fighting for a cause. It's harder for me to justify it because like the it's, it's forced me to confront the reasons why I want to be successful because like I was fortunate enough to have a career that like a first career that was financially lucrative enough that I can't even be like, I got to do this so that we can stay in this house, you know? And it's like, I got to do this so that black people can have the right to vote. <laughs> nah, I got to do this because my ego will not allow me to sit around and not be great at something. Yeah, no, I feel you. It's it is a there is a definite cost to these things, and um, you know I, I will disagree though. I do think that you are using your voice to make the world more equitable through sports, though. So I don't want you to shortchange. I mean, you're doing like a union stuff and whatever. All, like, come on now, you got to give cool. But anyway, you. Uh, I know you. I know you. I know. Yeah, you it's just, it's weird. I know you. It's weird. Let's things. not do it. Okay, I, I appreciate it. And I'm going to have them edit all out. Christina, take out any compliments or any justifications. Edit them all out. All right. So what's next? We're not going to sit here and talk about me anymore. If there's something about the book that you want to talk about, I'm with that. Or if there's some other topic you want to hit. Well, I just I do want to just I would do want to tell people that the name of the book is The Movement Made Us. And it's wherever books are sold. And you can go get it. Steph Curry's October uh, literary, literati Book Club selection. So you can do listen to it through that. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved it. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Uh, but yeah, so I do want to talk about something actually slightly related to that, which is uh, go back. So 2020, right, was obviously a really tough year for a lot of folks, right? Uh, and, and especially Black folks with the George Floyd of it all. And at that time, I went back and like I went to Brunswick, Georgia. I did a story in Ahmaud Arbery. I talked to some folks, his family. And I spent a lot of that summer writing about really traumatic stuff. Right. And it was really difficult. And I did not take care of myself while I was doing that. And I was thinking about that a lot this week while I was watching you guys on TV, football players um, who were uh, watching Tua and like these real life coming to grasp with your own sort of like mortality and watching your friends and knowing about this stuff. And uh, even before Tua thing happened, you went into detail on debatable about like a lot of friends and things that you saw. And so I think as black men, we don't do this enough. I want to do a mental health check. I want to see how you were doing um, and give you some sort of space to talk about that. How this week has been for you? That that's the surprise is that you you want me to you yeah. want me to crack open and tell you about what's going on inside of me. So I mean, be honest with you, these are things I just want to do. A, I just want to do a check. I just want to check and, and yeah, I'm up. I'm good. I, I had a uh, last week. I did a conversation with uh, about the two of stuff with my wife and one with Dequell Jackson. And Dequell was talking about he's a former player to um, linebacker, and he was talking about how he goes to therapy regularly. And I was like, yeah, I probably need to. I've never done it. I think I've gone once or mm-hmm. twice, but like it didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't catch on. It's not something that I do regularly. It's probably something I should start doing. I feel fine generally, you know, but 
the normal like ebbs and flows of like how people are feeling. I feel like I'm within a normal band, but I do, uh, as I mentioned to my wife last week, I do sometimes feel like um, while I'm still within what I believe to be the normal band, like it's, I, my emotions go further out of outside of my traditional thing. Like I mm. get angrier quicker and like sadder quicker or like deeper sadness than I felt before, which is a, a weird thing that might just have something to do with like aging. Cause like, I know mm-hmm. that, you know, like my, my mom is like, she's quick to tears for joy or sadness now. And I think as a result of like having lived a lot and seen different things. And I think that's a normal like trajectory, but most of all, like overall, I feel like the, the, the key for me at least is having objectives like having <laughs> something to look forward to and something to work towards and if i have those two things like the the toughest times i felt is when i had nothing you know like i didn't have anything to work towards and nothing to look forward to and it's not even that stuff was going bad in my life it was just like i need to be like man i can't wait to the end of this month because i'm gonna do this or I also need to be like man i gotta i gotta stay up late and knock this out and as counterintuitive as it is like uh, those are the things that work for me and it's different things that work for other people. And maybe it's putting band-aids on it or whatever, which is probably the reason why I need to speak to a therapist. But like all the stuff that we, all the stuff that I think players were being confronted with and fans were being confronted with and the Tua stuff last week is not stuff that's like new to me. I, I, I um, while it's not always front of mind, it's always something that's in my mind. So I didn't feel the big shock which is why I reacted a little different than most people where I, or a lot of people, I wasn't much for the, like the NFL is awful and evil and we need to clean it up. And this is terrible. How could they do this to Tua? Like, while all that may be true, that wasn't my reaction. My reaction was like, yeah, we, we, we've been nuked this, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, and, and it's like the, it kind of, in a way, the Tua stuff is like evidence that things, that the processes that they've installed have worked by and large because the processes, and by worked, I mean, they've limited those. Like, we used to see that type of stuff a lot, <laughs> you know? Right. We don't uh, see it that right. much anymore because it's worked. But what they have not done is made the game any safer because, like, it can't be made safe. And every Sunday that guys go out there, they get a little bit closer to CTE, whether they walk off the field mm-hmm. under their own power or they win or lose or whatever. They're taking hits to the head, even if they aren't getting knocked out or concussed. They're taking hits to the head, which the evidence suggests that the more you do that, the more damage you do to the brain and the more likely it is that you're going to have some sort of CTE and maybe the complications that go along with it. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think. You know, there was a lot of discussion about like black trauma, right? And you know, watching you know twenty twenty, watching all these videos of this stuff, and like I would definitely categorize what we saw on Monday or it was a Thursday, two, yeah, with, with a Thursday with two, yeah, Thursday with two uh, falls definitely under that category, you know, of that same type of video that we're just like inundated with. That's like really painful to watch, like this, like. And they kept showing this replay, which is like something we see all the time, too, of like this dehumanized sort of black man on the ground. Like he could have died, <laughs> you know, like this was a thing. And like, how do we um, 
as black folks and in black men, you know, especially because like you, you, we sort of are conditioned to in this job to just like be ready to have a take and be ready to write something and be ready to have something to say about it. But one thing I learned is 2020, I was I burnt myself out. I was not healthy, not taking care of myself. I felt like I had to talk about this stuff at all times. And I was sort of hit this crack, crack point in my my life where I just was not well, you know, and. I just, you know, wanted to check in because I want to be cognizant of that. Like, that stuff is damaging to us to watch uh, this dude go through this, you know, publicly on camera and then have to sort of turn it out without thinking about ourselves in the process. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's an interesting parallel you made there. And, like, obviously, two is not black, but I don't think that's the point. Is The point is that those that trauma is something... I think the parallel is there because it's like we get up in arms as a society when we see like police violence videos against black men. Right. And we all demand that things change and we want solutions. And I don't know if that's what we really want as much as we want to be made to feel better, you know, and right. Right. And feeling better is normally not attacking the actual root because attack the root of some of these issues would require us to break down the structures in society that we've become very accustomed to and comfortable with. And the same is probably true in football where it's like, we don't actually want to fix, you know, we don't actually want to change it because then that would really, really change football, which is not something that we really want. We want to be able to point at somebody, be it the police or whoever and say, you are the bad guy and not accept our complicity as a society and like perpetuating the this the um structures that allow this stuff to keep happening in football and outside wow this has gotten deeper than i expected yeah that's why i was surprised <laughs> <laughs> thanks david that's why that's why i spring these things on but you know i will now that i know that you're thinking about therapy i'm going to be bugging you about doing that oh, damn it i shouldn't have told you because i was just going to let it fade away and a- not actually do anything about it Oh no, that's a wrap. No, that that's 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 over. I've been seeing a therapist. I see my my therapist. She's dope. She helped me with the book. I mean, the book was, as you saw, yeah. was a very like tough thing to write and tough thing to sort of come to grips with. And I saw like some folks, some movement folks this weekend. It was very like emotional for me. And like I was, you know, me and my therapist gonna work through it. And uh, you know, so I will push push for that sort of stuff because like we got to have somebody to talk to all right brother i appreciate it i'll see you next week yeah let's play let's uh, get some lizzo flute to play us out to uh boost the mood a little bit <laughs> i got you here you go that's all we got this is the dominique foxworth show